Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding member, Joe Coglin. Uh, we had a really fun uh, opening weekend to the football season, so uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about in this week's episode, so we'll jump right in. We're going to do our regular uh, four-quarter format in uh, this week's episode. First quarter, recap all the football that happened. In the second quarter, we're going to be joined by Highland Park football coach Anthony Kopp. In the third quarter, we get you caught up and play a little way or no way, our weekly guessing game, talking about some of the other sports that are going on right now in the fall. And then in the fourth quarter, we get you ready for week two of the football season. Um, a lot of some uh, good matchups to look forward to, so we'll talk about that. Just a quick reminder before we get started that uh, the Varsity Podcast can be found anywhere that you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Android, wherever you are. If we're not there, let us know, and we want to add uh, coverage there, so make sure um, to let us know. Give us a nice little review as well. We always appreciate um, the kind words and encouragements. Um, but let's just dive right in. We have a lot to talk about in this week's episode. Um, let's talk about the main the main event that was Loyola hosting St. Xavier, Ohio on Sunday um, on ESPN. If you weren't at the game, um, I'm sure you're watching on ESPN, watching with friends, watching at the bar or wherever. Um, it's not common that you get to watch a Loyola football game at the bar, so maybe you took advantage of the opportunity. But um, let, let's just start things off with before really getting into I mean, it was a big lot big win for the Lloyd Ramblers 44 to uh, 20 so we'll dive into that but um, Joe I know you got a chance to be at the game before we get into the nitty-gritty of the game um, what was it just like being in that environment I, I used the big crowds on both sides of the field having ESPN there I mean just what was it like being in that type of environment you know just a ton of fun it really was uh, just a ball of energy um, the entire, the entire stadium um, there in Wilmette. And uh, it wasn't as uh, packed on the sidelines as I thought it would. We, uh, obviously, we have um, people from the, from the station and cameramen and crew, cords, and, uh, you know, the lady waving her hands when there's a TV timeout. So we had all those people, but it was, um, it was great. It was, uh, everybody was cooperative and it was uh, good for local media and as well as um, outside media coming in. So I, I, I loved it as a reporter, um, being there to experience that. I took photos of the game while Neil covered it and it just looked like everyone was having so much fun, uh, you know, until the, until the Ramblers got up about 30, then maybe the other team wasn't having fun, but the the fan section was booming. Um, you know, we had the band, we had performances from dance, cheerleader and cheer. It was awesome, man. It was it was quite an experience. These kids will never forget, and neither will the parents. You know, it was a whole community effort. All right, let's dive into the game, which was not really what we expected, honestly. I mean, that worked out really well for the Ramblers, that it wasn't what we expected. But um, this game was not close at all. I mean, the first it was close for the first few possessions when both teams went three and out. But then um, Loyola's offense really just put on a show. And I think, the obviously, Jake Sterney was named the – um, MVP of the game by um, ESPN, but um, this really felt like a game where Jake Sterney took the next step where he should last year. I feel like we really talked about him running a lot, getting a lot of yards with his, uh, you know, with his legs where this, this game kind of showed off why he is going to Colgate and kind of why 
you know, some higher end division one programs were kind of thinking about offering him and talking to him, but he really showed with 252 passing yards, just the kind of leadership and really the ability to really lead an offense that can really put up a lot of points. Yeah. This offense is special. Um, and I think in our preview, I talked about, we both talked about um, what is this offense going to be? We, we know it's going to be pretty good. What's the rushing to passing ratio? How much the tight ends? And we just learned this is just going to be uh, dynamic and it's going to use all their weapons and the receivers are legit. Uh, you know, Spencer Ledbetter, um, we kind of knew he'd be the number one because he was the second leading receiver last year coming back um, as the number one. He got his, but Declan Ford really showed out. This was a guy who was injured last year. He made a couple really nice catches, uh, but Sterney was on the money all day, made all the throws, back shoulder throws, comeback routes, sideline throws. Um, he had some misses like anybody would, but I think he was about 14 for 19, if I'm not wrong. Um, and, he, you know, he didn't throw many deep balls, um, but the ones he did, I think he had a deep one to Declan, um, were good too. Um, and a, a fade to Declan as well, or maybe that was a back shoulder, fade to um, Spencer over the shoulder. So, he made all the throws. He looked really good. I think he just looks polished. And kudos to all those offensive linemen. We got some um, some leadership there, some experience there coming back. And uh, I think they protected him well all game. I think the biggest moment of the game was when Loyola was up 14 to nothing in the first quarter. Um, and, and then uh, Jake Sterney threw a pick six, talking to Coach Halasek. Um, they're still trying to determine whether – that was really on Sterney or whether someone missed the block on that play, which kind of led to the easy pick six there. But um, Sterney fumbled on the next play. He was able to recover when the Ramblers took over. But then Loyola's offense really just figured things out. He kind of settled in. He can continue to make throws. And um, Loyola just really seemed to figure things out. And I think that was pretty much the big game where, I mean, you throw a pick six in a big game on national TV, that could really mess up your nerves and really mess up your confidence in yourself. And it seemed like Sterney really was just able to, you know, move past that pretty quickly and, you know, continue to just ball out and continue to put on great throws. Yeah. And that's poise, right? I think that's senior leadership. He, he, it does definitely early in the season, of course, but it looks like he took a big step forward in that category where you can, you're able to shake off mistakes or just uh, bad moments, you know, no matter who's to blame for it, you're able to shake those off and lead your offense. And he did that. Yeah. I think he came back. I don't know if the third touchdown was the one to, um, Spencer, where he came back to the ball and, and broke tackle. Maybe that was the fourth touchdown. Um, but either way, um, yeah, he came back and led the offense with those big throws. So um, it was impressive. And we, when we talked about the running game, we talked about, you know, it's going to be a, a crew of doing it. Will Nima Shine um, really was able to shine as well, getting a big uh, run and getting a lot of the carries. And then, like we talked about, Drew McPherson's going to come in, and he really broke out for a huge 53-yard scoring run. It kind of just kind of felt like that kind of broke things for St. Xavier, just, you know, him being able to get through that line pretty easily and then dash to the end zone. I feel like that was kind of the moment where it was going to be like, oh, this isn't really going to be that competitive of a game as we expected. Yeah, I, I, I thought – in the preview, when when John Coach Halasek mentioned Drew as a sophomore, I think all of us like, oh, who's Drew? He must have a little something if Coach is mentioning him here as a speedster. And sure enough, his first carry, one juke move, I think to make a – it was either a lineman or a linebacker miss at the line, and he just 
was off. Uh, he is fast. He's tall, um, clearly very athletic. And then we saw Will Nemeshine do what he did with a 70-yard burst to start the second half, also just breakaway speed. So we've got at least two running backs with breakaway speed. We talked about Kyan Gibbs, um, who, who's in the mix for some carries as well, is out with the hamstring thing. Um, so we'll see when he comes back. But uh, I think those two uh, might be uh, pretty special, and, and we're going to see some, uh, some highlights from McPherson and uh, Nemeshine. And Nemeshine caught a, a big pass, too. I think uh, we talked about that. I think we're going to see him out of the backfield a lot uh, due to his uh, reception capabilities. Big headline, obviously, heading into the season was Loyola returning three uh, starters on the defense. And um, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Where, like, do you? I, I feel like we didn't truly get um, the full picture of what Loyola's defense could do. Where um, we saw a lot of rushes. We saw Brooks Barr obviously make a big uh, impression on the Saint Xavier quarterback. But I feel like a lot the Saint Xavier quarterback also missed a bunch of throws that. Um, when they're looking at the tape right now, they're probably like, man, I wish we had that because we could have had a good first down or something like that. And then because Loyola got out to a big lead, um, the run defense wasn't really tested at all. So what were your just general thoughts about what we saw from the defense? I mean, obviously, San Xavier didn't score an offensive touchdown until nine minutes was left in the fourth quarter. But how much do you feel like we learned about this defense and how much do you feel like we still need to learn about what this def- where this defense really is? Uh, I think we still – they still need to grow. We still will learn, but you know, my initial impression, it was, was damn. I mean, we, we talked about, they had to fill a lot of holes, but I, I think, you know, I also said at the beginning, this is a John Holosek defense. you like, it's not, uh, you know, reshape the defense. It's just reload because there's guys in the waiting every year. Like right now, these are the starters and there's probably 12 guys behind them that are going to be just fine next year. Once a lot of these seniors graduate. It's just how that team's built and how that defense is built um, from coaching all the way down to training. And, you know, when, you, when you're led by a kid going to a, you know, FBS, uh, uh, you know, championship series school in Michigan in Brooks Bar, and you got a back-end guy um, in, uh, in, uh, in their safety as well as um, some guys in the middle. I was really impressed with their secondary. I thought they did a good job of coverage. I thought – I think – Loyal had a couple sacks early or a couple sacks for loss um, that were just coverage sacks. Like the quarterback either had to go down or scramble. Um, they did a good job. And the other thing to remember, yeah, I think you're right that the um, St. X quarterback missed some throws. Uh, one particular, I remember the guy had a step on the outside, but uh, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball at all. And that was a big the front seven of, of Loyola's defense just completely stopped the run early and kind of led to the little opportunities and kind of closed that window early for uh, St. X's offense, kind of limited them in scope. So very impressed with that defense. I think they're going to wreak havoc in certain games and they just, we just need to see them in, in maybe the biggest offenses of the year when they play uh, um, some other games down the road. But um, I, I think they're going to be special. Before we move on to uh, Nutrier and uh, Highland Park here in the first quarter, I, I, I just wanted to get on one thought that I had on Sunday after watching that game is um, I, I tweeted this out where like, I'm, I'm happy we're at the beginning of the season. I'm looking forward to this entire season. But after covering that Mount Carmel destroy St. Rita 35 to three on Friday and then watching that Ramblers team play on Sunday, 
Um, I cannot wait for that matchup between Loyola <laughs> and Mount Carmel at the end of the regular season, likely for a CCL blue, maybe for a number one seed, both for 8A and Loyola and 7A for Mount Carmel. I mean, that game is just going to be electric about what those two forces are able to do. Both defenses are stout. Both offenses are electric. I mean, it's, it's just going to be one heck of a matchup. And obviously, there's a whole season to play before we get there. Their injuries can play a factor and all that kind of stuff. But with what Loyola can do and with what Mount Carmel can do on both sides of the ball and on special teams, I mean, that game is just going to be outrageous. I'm pumped for it, too. Um, trying to temper my expectations, but I really think it, it could be just uh, one of the best matchups we've seen. But uh, that you, know, you got to remind yourself, we're, we're one game in. You know, maybe St. Rita's not as good as we thought we, they were. Maybe St. X is not as good as and powerful as thought we were as we thought. I think that's a given. But just wh- how how much of a difference from what we thought to what they actually are? Um, let's see. Let's get a few more games before we we really set that one up on a on a pedestal. But uh, right now, yeah, it looks like it'll be the game of the year. All right, let's move on over. Now we're going to talk about Nutrier, which started the season on a tough note. Um, falling to Hersey, um, 31 to nothing, um, in Northfield to start the season. Joe, when we were previewing this game, there was a lot of unknowns, um, for both sides, honestly, just what Hersey was going to be able to do and what, um, Nutria was going to be able to do. And, um, after looking at the game, Nutria wasn't able to do anything on offense and the defense really struggled to keep, uh, Hersey off the board. I mean, just what, what happened in that game where, um, Nutrier never seemed to really figure things out. Yeah, I just, I just don't think they're, they're, they were ready for Hersey, and I, and I don't mean that from a coaching preparation standpoint. I just mean in, de, in their development as players. Um, I think we talked about in, you know, leading up to this. You know, we got a lot of juniors on this team, and while there, there's a lot of talent, they've never seen varsity speed. They've never seen varsity um, schemes. And how are they going to react to that? And we learned um, it's going to overwhelm them a little bit, especially a good team like Hersey. So from the Hersey standpoint, what I saw was a defense that was better than expected. Um, Cause I think, you know, Nutrier's offensive line has, is big. Obviously they're a big school. They got some big guys. Uh, they got some experience there. Now they, they were a little shorthanded, but uh, they couldn't get any push and they couldn't get any positive yardage out of their run game. And yes, they were out, without their top running back, but still we're, we're talking the zero holes at all. Um, so very impressed with that Hersey defense. Um, and for the first half, I thought Nutria got a little lucky, um, but they also were only down three, nothing. So this was a game that they could have competed in and stayed in. And then uh, things got out of their control. A couple big plays. I think Hersey found some things in that secondary um, and, uh, you know, kind of stemmed that pass rush of Nutria. Um, nearly completely in the second half. Um, so um, it was really a tough one for them. I just don't think um, they were uh, ready in their development to play a team like Hersey at that level in game one on home with all that pressure. Uh, they just didn't have it and they, they weren't in any sort of rhythm what, what they'll be at the end of the year. So uh, they have a chance to rebound here against Stevenson and really get back on track. Stevenson team that, that, uh, is, is, is a 500 team a little under that usually in recent years and got smoked by main South. A lot of teams will be this year, but got smoked by main South in the opener. Uh, they need it. They need to find something here that they can look to and, and be positive about going forward because 
you know, Luke being shut out at home in your opener is, is, is a tough way to go. Yeah. And that was the first, uh, opening, uh, you know, season opener loss for coach Brian Dahl, um, in his eight years, um, at Nutrier. So, uh, not a good first to have as well. Um, and Joe, I mean, where, where do you start here? I mean, where do you kind of, it's, it's not like it was one thing that you need to fix on. I mean, what are, what are the areas where you kind of feel like you really need to, um, make an impression, whether that's the offensive line, whether that's, you know, the, uh, offense getting a, 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 you know, moving or whether that's the defense getting a stop. I mean, where do you start when you kind of start getting ready for this week two matchup and, you know, start preparing for another tough, tough opponent? You know, I starting with the offense, I think that's where you have to start because what well, we, we have zero points right now on the season. You got to talk about getting on the scoreboard um, in, in whatever way possible you have to get on the scoreboard and they got close. They missed the field goal. Um, they had a pick six that put them in field goal range and, and they just didn't do anything with it. So not a pick six, a pick deep in enemy territory. And you got to get their offense going. You got to get first downs and you got to figure out how to do that. Now, is it going to be Jackson Oxen her tailback? Cause I think Jackson McCary, uh, their lead back is out for a few weeks. So can you do that with Oxen hurt back there? Do you have to get some other guys back there? Do you have to get kind of a little creative? You can't get too creative with all these new pieces, um, but a little creative to get the ball in the hands of the people uh, of the talent that they have. You know, Miles Kremiscoli had a decent game. I think he had six catches for 60. When Ben Prouty got the ball, he had, he had some nice gains. Um, can you get the ball in those guys' hands? They didn't really get it to Liam Fitzgerald at all on offense, who's, who's kind of a uh, physical um, pass-catching tight end and fullback. Um, they just got to do things um, that are efficient, positive yards and uh, get those first downs and just get some momentum, get it going on defense. They got burned by big plays. Uh, we're talking about a punt return um, touchdown, a long pass, um, a couple long passes and a long run. So these were uh, things that, uh, and these were open, these were open plays. So we'll look at that film. Where did you stall out and stop allowing those big plays? I saw missed tackles a lot all over the field. And again, a lot of young guys got to tackle at that level, got to wrap up, can't give up those extra yards. So that's a lot of things. That's not one or two things, but I really think the biggest thing is on offense. You got to get those positive yards consistently. Um, and uh, really, they they had too many too many plays that went absolutely nowhere. They had an inexplicable call, if you, inex, uh, inexplicable call, if you ask me. After they turned over, or after they got a three and out to start the second half, down zero three. Um, on third down and like five, they ran the ball. They hadn't been able to run the ball all day and they ran it and they were around at the midfield. We got to get a first down there, fellas. And that wasn't going to do it. So I don't know what we were doing, maybe playing a field position game, but it wasn't, uh, it didn't work out. Let's talk about the quarterback position where <coughs> Patrick Hennigan came in and stepped in as a sophomore. Uh, first time to as a new quarterback since 2019, replacing them in Kermit Scully. Um, Kennegan finished with 133 passing yards. Um, Dahl also said that uh, junior Dylan Jeppe might be uh, utilized at the quarterback position. I mean, where are we at right now? Obviously, throwing a sophomore in there um, in a varsity uh, starting position is tough. But, I mean, where are we at here with that starting quarterback position? You know, I didn't think Hennigan looked too bad. Um, I thought his faults in the game could be chalked up to inexperience and um, just being green out there, you know, he 
couple of times he held the ball too long. His awareness was off. Um, he got popped a couple of times because he held onto the ball when he shouldn't have. Um, uh, so no terrible decisions. You know, he didn't throw a pick. Um, maybe one that was dangerous. Um, and he made, he throws a pretty ball. Um, and a lot of times they were on the money. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the decision-making, he didn't have a ton of time back there at, at other points. Um, and, and yeah, maybe, maybe you throw Dylan Jeppy in there a little bit. So maybe somebody with a little more confidence so far on a varsity level, <clears throat> and he gives you a little something with his, with his legs. Cause he can run the ball. Hennigan's not the biggest rusher. In fact, he had a nice run that was called back with a hold actually, um, on a scramble, but, uh, I, I think he can make the throws. It's, it's, you got to get him in situations where those throws are common and easy, uh, easy to make and easy to see. All right, and let's move on over now to Highland Park, which uh, didn't start the season the way it wanted, at least the first part of it, um, running out to an early 10-0 deficit against Layden. But uh, the Giants were able to come back and score 28 straight points um, to take the 28-25 to win over um, Layden. So, Joe, um, what was that atmosphere like, obviously, uh, with everything attached to, you know, the start of the football season in the Highland Park community just – what was it like watching the Giants being able to come back and earn that win? I mean, it was big for them. Um, we talked about, you know, we tried to break down their schedule. Probably we probably overthought it a little bit, but we were just looking into where can they get that the, their wins to get to the playoffs. And and we, you know, we basically said the Leiden game, the opener is, is pretty much a must win to get off to that good start. And um, once they got that touchdown before halftime. Uh, they were down 10, nothing, like I said, and they got to 10, seven with that. I think uh, they fell into a groove and they found what they can do on their offense. Ben, uh, their defense caused, I think, uh, forced three turnovers, including a pick six, six by <laughs> pick six by Nick Bloomer, um, who also caught a touchdown, by the way, big game for him and had a fumble recovery. So big game for Nick. And uh, yeah, they found that groove and it was big for them. They wanted to get off that good start. They were at home. Um, they were motivated. They were ready to go. Um, and they are just determined to get to the playoffs. So they needed the win. They picked things up in that third quarter. I, I think I said, you know, breaking down the time, um, Lighten scored a lot in the fourth quarter too. So for, it was only 16 minutes span where Nutria or where Highland Park scored all their 28 points. So, um, you know, a very small part of the game, but they, they made up for it with 28 points. So big win for them. Um, I think a big performance from their quarterback uh, with three scores. Um, and now his name is David Finfer. Sorry, David Finfer. And I had a nice game. How important is that for them just to be able to, we mentioned how big of a game this was for what they want to accomplish this season, but to see their resolve where they're able to come back and um, earn that win after being down early in the season opener. I mean, how big was that? Um, you know, just being able to come together and earn that win. Yeah. I always think that's big for any, for any team early in their season to get like that first comeback, you know, it doesn't always happen in the first game, but it just shows you can do it. You know, it, 10 points isn't anything, you know, that's, so you're down. Okay. Now it's your turn. Now go at it. And, and then we'll reevaluate after that score and that score. And, and you just keep playing the game um, and the better team. Uh, wins a lot of time. Um, and that's what happened here, I think. Um, so I think it, it's big. It's a big confidence booster. It's a big momentum booster. It just shows that uh, to everybody in that Highland Park Giants locker room that you're able to do this. This is uh, is not a improbable thing. You got it.
All right, we'll hear more about Highland Park uh, in the second quarter where we're <coughs> uh, Coach Anthony Kopp. But um, any final uh, thoughts from week one, not just within our area, maybe within the state that you kind of saw some headlines that maybe caught your attention? Obviously, Bolingbrook's uh, quarterback threw seven touchdowns as a freshman. That was pretty uh, a big headline um, that we saw from the weekend. Glenbard West was able to hold out and beat Maris 33-31 to in a big uh, matchup there. Any other uh, thoughts you had from the opening weekend? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you mentioned some big one. I thought that Glenbard West game was a good one um, against Marist. I thought that uh, Lincoln Way East beating up Crete Moni. Uh, obviously, we know Lincoln Way East is, is always very good, but um, they put a 40 spot on Lincoln on uh, Crete Moni. Uh, Glenbrook uh, South putting 51 points up in Rolling Meadows. Obviously, they're a more uh, talented team than Rolling Meadows, but uh, 50 is, is nice to put up in your opener. So, um, oh, and uh, Indian Trail out of Wisconsin and Evanston had a thriller in overtime and Evanston kind of scored after a uh, Indian Trail field goal to win that one on a walk-off. That's pretty exciting stuff too. So we got a few teams in this um, CSL conference that are off to a good start. All right, let's jump on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Highland Park uh, football coach Anthony Kopp. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with coach after a game. Uh, what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, we just talked about, um, you know, what they were able to do after the 10-0 deficit and, uh, you know, what it was like to, uh, in his first varsity game as head coach, he's been with the program for a while, but as head coach, uh, how good that feels and uh, where we go from here. All right, let's take a listen. What was it that uh, I guess uh, wasn't going right for your guys early that you were able to turn around? Um, you know, I think uh, I think just getting everyone to calm down and focus. Um, you know, those those first games are always so exciting and nervous and everything like that. Um, so just I think getting settled into the flow of the game. And what once they did, what did you kind of see out of your guys? What impressed you uh, on the field? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, our quarterback played well, Finfer. Um, and then we had some guys make, making plays. Uh, that touchdown right right before half was huge for us. Um, and then you know that kind of led to a twenty-eight nothing run. Uh, so that was just a great uh, jump start for us. Remind was the touchdown before half? Was that was that the interception return or was that the pass? No, yeah, that was a pass. That was actually right after we recovered a muffed punt. Okay. Um, so we were able to jump on that and then score on the next play. And you think you know was that a, a turning point for you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. And. Uh... I think you. I think I have it somewhere. But it, the first one was to uh, Pulte. Pulte, yeah. Okay. Very nice. And then um, somebody I didn't uh, talk to you about before season. Uh, Bloomer had a big game. Yeah, huge game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he had. Uh, I th- yeah, he had the second touchdown and then the pick six. What's What's his um, story? What year is he? Junior. Okay. Um, yeah, and he, and he's a three uh, three sport athlete too, uh, basketball and baseball. The big three. Uh, yeah. And he plays wide. What does he play on defense? Uh, safety. And a wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. 
tell me about what he uh, on that pick six that he had. Um, break that down for me a little bit. Yeah, I think he just uh, was being a heads up player. Um, I think you know he saw obviously that they were trying to get a screen play going, and uh, he just jumped it and took the ball and ran. And your first one uh, as head coach, of course, been there for a while. But as head coach, you know, opening night at home, uh, what was what was that feeling like when when that final buzzer rang? Uh, just happy to get the win. Um, very proud of how our guys played. Um, yeah, and just I loved how they uh, uh, kept on fighting um, against a tough line team. They they went. We had a good twenty zero run on them, but they did not give up. So that that that's definitely a, a hard fought team there. And obviously, I think you even put it on Twitter, or maybe somebody else did, um, that uh, you know this is just the start for you guys. You got bigger things in mind. Um, good start, but you know, what do you take from this game that you can either bring forward, or, or opposite of that, um, some things you can improve upon? Um, yeah, I think we want to, you know, focus on a better start um, and getting our run our run game going a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, we kind of said that we got the first one, but we we want more. We still want a one conference and still want to make the make the playoffs. Thanks so much for joining us, Anthony, and thank you as always to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's run over now to the third quarter of the podcast, where we're going to play our weekly game of Way or No Way. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue about whether something can happen. Way or something cannot happen, no way. We're going to, in the fall, focus on doing uh, other sports other than football just to uh, get some exposure and get some conversations going with them, too. Um, so way or no way, Joe, are you concerned um, by two uh, Loyola boys soccer losses early in the season? Um, you know, concern these games early in the season uh, – you know, we're talking about tournaments and shootouts and uh, playing unique competition and good competition. Um, so I guess, you know, maybe Loyola is not a top five team, but I think they're still up there. I think these are decent losses. Um, coach might disagree with me, but um, I think they're okay. Um, and I just think uh, we took a couple lumps against a team like Libertyville and I'm blanking on their other one right now, but um, not, not terrible. Yeah, I, I think I'd go with no way, especially with – I feel like we can preface all of these with um, being that this is only a week into the season. So it's hard to draw too much into these right now. But um, I'd probably go with no way, um, losing to Libertyville 3-1, to one, um, losing to Grays Lake Central 1-0, um, and then tying with Whitney Young. Um, maybe not exactly where the Ramblers want to be at this point after – um, four games into the season. They've got a big matchup against Nutria on Thursday, so I'm sure they're looking forward to that. But um, And obviously a win against Nutria um, makes things a little bit better. Um, but yeah, no way. I think it's a little bit too early to uh, get concerned about that, um, especially with a couple of losses. With that in mind, Joe, way or no way you're impressed by Nutria Boys Soccer um, and their uh, hot start to the season, winning against Hershey 4-1 Glenbard East to nothing tying with Glen, Bar- Glen Gray Lake Central and then uh, winning against Libertyville three to nothing. 
Yeah, first, I guess, I think it's pretty clear that Grays Lake Central is pretty good, um, you know, beating Loyola, tying Nutrier. Um, so look out for them this year. But yeah, Nutrier is a good team. Um, they've got Evan Canellos back and Matthew Perchick, uh, two of their top scorers from a season ago. I think maybe they're two top scorers, actually, uh, from a season ago. Um, and they kind of reloaded in other spots. I mean, I think this is, this is going to be a really good Nutrier team. Um, it's going to be a hard out for anybody. So, um, I, yeah, impressed. Yeah, I think it, it, I'm not surprised, but I am impressed. Yeah, I'd go with the way there as well. I think I'm impressed with what we've seen from them so far. I think we know they're a talented team, and um, I, I'm really excited to see what they're able to do against Loyola on Thursday. That should be a fun matchup. Um, so make sure you fans can get out there and uh, get a chance to check out that one. Uh, where no way, Joe, that Loyola Girls Volleyball, based on their 6-2 and two start to the season, has what it takes to win uh, the DCAC. Oh, um, yeah, I think they have what it takes. Uh, sure. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy, though, by, you know, in any means. That's, it's a decent conference, and uh, they've had success in there, but, um, you know, they're going to run into some good teams in your um in your montinis and your uh macaulay's um so i don't know if they're the favorite you know macaulay probably is but they're they'll be up there and they'll compete for it um and uh, we'll we'll see once that once they play some of the heavy hitters if they got what it takes yeah i think i'd go with way just i think that this team that <clears throat> has a talent taking uh um taking down gbn um in two sets beating Hinsdale Central 2-1. to one. Their only losses are to Lincoln Way East and to OPRF, and those were both 2-1 to one, um, losses in there. So um, I think they have what it takes. Mother McCauley obviously is always a tough team to compete against um, in the GCAC, as well as, like you mentioned, Montini. But um, it should be an interesting uh, battle, so we'll see. But I think Way, yeah, that they have, definitely have the chance um, to figure things out. All right, uh, we know that Nutrier boy, uh, girls volleyball lost to Libertyville 2 nothing and Lions 2-1 to one based on what we were able to find online. Uh, way or no way, Joe, you're concerned about those two losses for Nutrier? Yeah, a bit. Um, it, it's tough to make the judgments from, from here. We haven't seen them play yet. We haven't even talked to Coach yet. Um, we got to get out there and check them out. But, I, you know, um, you know, they could be dealing with anything from, from injuries to illness to um, you know, what have you. So, um, with all those things in perspective, yeah, I'm a bit worried, uh, just, just to see if, you know, maybe it's a, one of those years for them, but, um, we got a long way to go. And, and I think, you know, they'll, they'll always get their wins. It's a talented roster. Um, I just don't know its makeup so far. So yeah, it's a bit concerning. Yeah. I think I go with, uh, way there as well. Um, I think, uh, you know, those, those aren't good two losses. I mean, Libertyville 2 nothing and Lions 2-1, um, not traditionally really good program. So a little bit interested to see what happens uh, with the new trip program. They take on Lake Forest, uh, who's 1-2 and two on Wednesday, the day we're recording this, and then uh, Ignatius on Friday. So it should be interesting to see how they do um, there and how they kind of rebound. But, um, yeah, for right now, I would probably say that I am um, just concerned um, about after those two losses. All right, final way or no way here, Joe. Um, Loyola Boys Golf was able to uh, win the tournament and finish a little bit higher than Nutria, even though both programs are really good. 
Um, way or no way, at the end of the season, when it all comes down um, to the state tournament, Loyola will have a higher finish than Nutrient will. Man, we've had so many conversations about how, you know, it's hard to judge a team by one tournament, but um, in golf, especially in a sport like golf, um, but that's what golf does when it comes down to the weekend and um, state weekend. Um, they do get two rounds, but man, they both are very talented. Um, I still like Luton Trier off a second place finish um, with a lot of guys back. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll give Nutria the edge. I think Loyola just had a really good day, but I expect Loyola to be, you know, a, a, a state top 10 team, if not better, just who knows what will happen on the weekend. But, um, you know, they got Ryan Bannis, who's uh, just committed to Marquette. Congrats to him. And uh, I think it'll be, it'll be a good season for both teams, but I'll give Nutria the edge. Yeah, I think I would, uh, I would go with the Ramblers just based on, like we said, it's hard to make judgments off of one tournament couple weeks into the season but I think way um I think they could outperform them that could be one spot literally you know just finishing one spot ahead so I wouldn't go too far into it and be like Loyola is going to dominate Nutria or anything like that but um I do think that uh they had the potential to finish ahead of Nutria and uh you know finish higher in the state uh tournament when it comes that time in October but that's everything that we've got this week for way or no way Let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we're going to preview week two of some football action. Um, some decent uh, matchups for this week. I wouldn't say that it is as crazy as week one was um, for our local teams. Um, we've got Highland Park um, traveling and taking on uh, Hubbard on Saturday. Nutrier will be taking on Stevenson on Friday at home while Loyola will host East Moline United in week two on Saturday. Um, so some decent opponents, uh, some decent matchups. I wouldn't say that they're the greatest, but um, let's start things off here, Joe, with um, Highland Park taking on, a, taking on a Hubbard team in Chicago. Um, they lost its opening matchup, uh, 47 to nothing to Grays Lake Central. Um, this feels like a game, Joe, where Highland Park should work on, you know, getting off to a faster start and kind of working some things out here um, in week two. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, nice little home game on a Saturday. Nice little matinee. This should be fun um, for the Walters Field for the Giants. Um, should be a fun game. And, and yeah, I think uh, we're going to see Highland Park pick up win number two here. Um, as you said, let's let's focus on uh limiting scoring opportunities for the other team offense staying on the field just really things that are super important in, in high school football in, in kind of going forward through your season um finding the confidence uh finding those connections on the field that are going to be important all season long um and uh, let's keep that rolling so i think the giants do that what are you looking forward to seeing or what are you kind of hoping to see um if you need to see one thing highland park do on Saturday, what is that one thing they kind of want to see them do? They'll kind of have you encouraged as they head into uh, a tough stretch where they'll uh, have to play Buffalo Grove in week three. Run the ball. They need to run the ball. Um, they didn't have a great rushing attack against Leiden. Um, now, uh, Leiden showed up and put together a good rushing performance. I think they ran about 15 times for about 60 yards or so. Uh, we can do better than that with a returning all-conference player, Nico Rosenblum. Um, so let's... 
let's get that running attack going early and often and really just get some confidence in Nico and the offensive line because uh, it's going to matter against those other non-conference teams and especially when we get in the conference season. Um, yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. I think definitely want, want to run the ball and kind of get that going. That's definitely something I will want to look forward to in their matchup on Saturday. Um, Loyola hosts East Moline United on Saturday. East Moline brave enough to take on uh, the Ramblers, kind of giving them a week two opponent, as most teams have kind of shown that um, they don't want to do that just based on playoff rankings and all that kind of stuff that goes into uh, playing the Ramblers and not playing the Ramblers. Um, East Moline falling to LaSalle, Peru, 31 to 21 in their opening game. Um, Joe, I, how do you, I've been talking to coach about it too. Um, kind of a drop-off game, but look, the Ramblers can't really let it be a drop-off game, obviously, from going from playing ESPN um, to playing East Moline United. Not that East Moline isn't worth getting up for or anything like that, but the circumstances are just going to be different, and I think that's the biggest thing the Ramblers are going to need to do, make sure that they're not really playing down to the moment and keeping that intensity up that they had last week. Yeah, you're right. Um, just need to do that right off the bat, um, get that early lead. Um, get it to a point where you're comfortable and that's probably around halftime or, you know, I, I guess to preface it, I, I mean, Loyal is a more talented team than United coming in. Um, kudos to United for traveling to Wilmette, um, playing one of the best teams in the state. I, I you know, I think a lot of their kids are going to relish this opportunity and the coaches are too. This is a really good football team in Loyal Academy program, I should say. Um, and they get to play against them um and you know let's see if they can put up a fight that's what they're going to try to do um but Loyola should really just try to put this game out of reach um and be efficient uh, football, uh and uh kind of work on the things maybe there I'm sure there's some internal things that are above our head um that they want to work on but uh I think they can um uh, take care of things early and, and get some reps in with their backups in the second half and uh um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't think they have a letdown here. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is what, seeing the defense, what's really able to do. I mean, obviously, I think um, Loyola is not going to look ahead, but I mean, Loyola has a big matchup against um, St. Rita uh, next week that always gets um, people excited. So um, there's, there's definitely plenty of opportunities to kind of get ready and kind of work on some stuff, but I definitely do think the biggest thing is leave this game healthy, make sure you're getting your reps and get some backup, some reps in as well. Um, but the biggest thing is make sure you're getting healthy. Um, I think the forecast is supposed to be probably in the seventies and the eighties. So stay hydrated and everything, but work on technique, work on getting everything accomplished. And if you're able to do that, I think, uh, Loyola should be able to, uh, control things and, uh, pick up a win against United. Um, Nutrier hosting Stevenson on Friday, 7 p.m. at Northfield. Um, Stevenson, like you mentioned earlier, Joe, lost to Maine South 42-3. to um, So both teams, I mean, Stevenson putting three points up, Nutrier putting no points up. Um, this is an interesting matchup just to see what who Nutrier is and um, kind of an important win because then they got Lake Zurich and War. Uh, they got a couple of other tough matchups the next couple of weeks, Joe, where um, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go in and jump in and say week two is a week is a must win game, but I think it's an important game already for uh, new new and coach Brian Dahl, just having to play Palatine and friend and then jumping in with Evanston the next couple of weeks where Nutrier needs to figure things out quickly. If it does plan on competing or trying to vie for a fifth spot, um, five win season. 
to make the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, I think it's a huge, I think it's a huge game. Um, on the road, week two, you know, one loss in your pocket. You go to two losses and then you have to play Palatine, who's a very good program, um, who's off to one of those start against a good St. Charles North team. Uh, you're starting to look in trouble. Um, and it's a long season. Yes, there's nine weeks, but you start 0-2 going, staring at 0-3, um, it could go downhill pretty fast. So uh, we want to get off to – I keep saying we this ep- this podcast. I swear I don't always do that. Anyway, got to get off to a, to a strong start here against Stevenson. Um, like, I, I, you know, similar to Highland Park, we didn't see any rushing attack from Nutria against Warren. Uh, I'm sorry, against Hersey. Big credit to Hersey. Um, but let's get the running game going. Got to do it. It has to happen. Um, however that is, you know, whether it's Jackson Oxenhurt or somebody else in that backfield, um, I still think that's a talented athletic kid. Of course, it's just one game. So let's get him going. Um, let's see some different looks and uh, see if we can get this offense rolling a little bit downhill and uh, score some points. Obviously, got to get the got to get the first points of the season in this game. Has to have to do it. Um, and I think that running a game is key. What, what, if you had to see one thing from this new chair team, what is one thing that's going to have you encouraged, you know, for them being able to compete the rest of the season? I mean, just is it pretty much scoring points and trying to figure things out offensively, or is it the defense also figuring things out and not giving up 31 points? Yeah, it's that on the defense, then, like you mentioned, but I do, I, I'm stuck on the offense just because zero is such a polarizing number so far. We, I mean, I, I'd be, I'd be excited if they put up 20 plus in this game, um, really get that offensive rolling. Maybe they'll surprise me and put up more, but I think that's where you start aim for three scores and, and think you can win the ball game from there. I do think their defense played well against Hersey for a half and then really got caught up in uh, Hersey. Hersey exploited them in certain spots. Um, and uh, shore up those spots because Stevenson will try to do the same. Um, but uh, let's uh, we, we got to get those points on the board. It just has to happen. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Scoring that's very breaking news. You know, scoring points <laughs> great for winning a football game. I know that's the kind of analysis that people are used to here at the Varsity Podcast. But um, yeah, I think that's a big matchup and a big uh, big thing to look forward to. So. Uh, Joe, what happens with Highland Park and Hubbard on uh, Saturday? What's your score prediction there? Uh, I think we get we get a Highland Park W here. Um, I do think if when, if that offense has some air, it can score some points. And I think we get the running game going. So I'm thinking we have about a, a 35 to 6 victory for Highland Park. I'm kind of in the same uh, place where you are on that one. I think, I think I'll go with 35 points and I think I'll um, see maybe three points, maybe a field goal given up and that kind of stuff. But um, I don't uh, foresee it to be close. And I think the Giants move on to 2-0. and oh. uh, Loyola and United on Saturday, where do you see there? Oh, boy. Um, sorry for United, but uh, I think we get a running clock here. Um, I think we're probably going to see a 44-zip situation for Loyola. Yeah, I think the reserves get in there pretty early, maybe even after halftime. Um, I think we'll see solid scoring. I think uh, let's go around 48 to six. I think Loyola is just going to be able to control the pace of the game there and control it. And um, I think Moline is uh, really strong for coming out there and competing. So, um, but I think the Ramblers move on to two and no. And you got New Trier and Stevenson on Friday at Stevenson. Joe, what happens in this close matchup? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not done with this Trevians team yet. I, I just think they need to find it. I think they have, I, I, you know, I've seen it. The talent's there in certain spots. 
They need to put it all together. Maybe that does take another week or two and, and you know, it, they're in trouble, at least from a playoff perspective. But I, I think, I think they can do it here at Stevenson. I'll say that we get a, uh, a close one though. I think they're going to have to pull it out, see what they're made of in this one. Um, I say we get a um, 24 to 21 victory. Interesting. I, I, I know it's just one game. I am concerned about the amount of points and lack of points from your trier. So I am going to go uh, with the Stevenson score of winning 17 uh, to 13. Um, I think New Trier is able to figure it out early, but I think Stevenson um, scores and uh, finishes the game off there. Um, I just, I, I think we need to see a little bit more from each team. And that's kind of the hard thing about making predictions in these type of week two matchups where you're still learning a lot about those teams. But I think Stevenson wins and uh, New Trier goes to 0-2. Um, all right, that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you get us a nice little like, subscription, spread the word while you're at those games. Also, we always appreciate the kind help and kind words. Um, make sure to check out my work at Friday Night Drive. Um, we've got recaps from last couple weeks. We've got uh, CCL ESCC Notebook comes out. See Susie's uh, playoff predictions are out and rankings. So make sure you're following us at Friday Night Drive. And as always, make sure you're checking out everything Joe's putting together at the recordnorthshore.org. He's got all your sports coverage, but he's also got everything else going on in the North Shore area. And there's a lot going on. So make sure you're keeping up and subscribing to his work at the record North Shore. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Enjoy another week of football. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.